0: lord you know my name lord you know my need bless me lord bless me lord one more time and lord you know my name lord you know my need please bless me lord bless me lord Just one more time I'm reaching out in faith And patiently I'll wait Till you bless me, Lord Bless me, Lord One more time There's no other name I know but Jesus No other place to go but to Jesus Please Bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. Lord, you know my name. Lord, you know my need. Please bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord, one more time. Hallelujah. Father, we just come into your presence now, Lord. You know our names. You know our needs. And, Father, we have gathered, Father, gathered together because we understand, according to your word,
1: that as we gather in the name of Jesus, Lord, you impart your power, Father. You renew our strength, Father. You hear our collective cry, Father. You send out angels on our behalf, Father. As we are gathered together, Lord, you right now in heaven, angels are being released into our situations, into our needs, Father. Angels are going into our tomorrows right now to make arrangements, God, because we are worshiping you today. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that the righteous are never forsaken and their children do not beg for bread. Father, I just thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that you are speaking life and refreshing, God and strength to this church, to this body in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, walk the aisles right now. Visit the seats, God, and those who are seated in those seats, Father. You can read minds, Holy Spirit. You can read hearts, Father. You can examine bodies, Father. You know all about situations, circumstances, needs, Father. And, Father, I thank you right now, Lord that you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful to supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, Lord, we speak needs met right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your promises are yes and amen, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Galatians 6 and 9. And it reads thusly, I guess it reads thusly, yeah. Let us not become weary, tired, distressed, and frustrated of doing good. The King James says of well doing.
0: Sometimes it gets tough,
1: it gets hard to keep doing the right thing, to doing good. It says, but don't get weary, don't get weary of doing good, for at the proper time, Mm -hmm. and I love King James, it says, at the appointed time, Mm -hmm. and it it means appointed time is a little better than than proper time, because at the appointed time, it means that God has already decided that he's going to bless you, but he's going to bless you if you don't get tired, when the time is right. When everything comes together, he is going to bless you. It says, don't get weary, church. Don't get weary, mother. Don't get weary, dad, husband, son, daughter. Don't get weary. Don't get tired of the struggle that you're in. Don't get tired. It says, because at the appointed time, you are going to reap the harvest if you do not give up. Yeah. This is farm talk. This is farm talk. It's about sowing and reaping. It's about harvest time. This is is farmer's talk. Because that was the kind of culture that existed at the time that Paul wrote this message. He was talking to farmers. And he says, you know how it is with the crop." He says, when you plant it and then you're out there, you're praying for rain, you know, you're removing rocks, you're fighting off bugs, you're doing everything, you're whole looking and making sure that some kind of degree d- disease doesn't affect your crop and you, 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 you're, you're praying for rain and you're going. He says, hey, don't get tired, don't give up on what you've planted because at the appointed time, the harvest time, <laughs> you're going to reap. But you can't give up. Now, this is this is me. Uh, Charles, my husband Charles, he is um, patient, patient to the point where it's disturbing to me, OK? That someone would not get upset about anything at any time. I am just the opposite. Um, salvation and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is the only thing that keeps me from having anxiety attacks about everything, okay? I, I'm anxious about everything. So we're a perfect match. He's like laid back, quiet, you know, oh, it'll work out, don't worry about it. And I'm like, ah, ah, on the inside, you know. And, and, and so, you know, if I say, Charles, now this is the agreement that we have as a couple. If I ask him to do something, don't go and do it. I'm preaching today, okay. <laughs> because nothing frustrates him more if I say, Charles, would you um move that box? And he'll Okay, I'll move it. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, When is he gonna move it? Oh, yeah. You know, but he says as soon as I you know, he doesn't explain, he just you know, now if I go over and move that box, well why didn't you ask me to move the box if you were gonna do it yourself? You shouldn't ask. <laughs> so To avoid that, I have to just sit and wait for him to move the box. And I'm going crazy inside. And that's what happens. He says, you know what? He says, don't get weary. Don't get frustrated. Because things are not happening the way you want them to happen, when you want them to happen. He says, I promise you. God has made you a promise. He says, you are going to reap. But your only job is not to give up. And not to faint. Now, okay, harvest, harvest, harvest. Galatians, 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 Galatians. Now, Galatians, there's a a clause. You know, we have a lawyer in the house somewhere. I think he's upstairs with the youth, okay? But there's a little clause to this whole thing about sowing and reaping. Because 6 and 7 says, do not be deceived now. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow... That is what you are going to reap. Anytime you put seed in the ground, somebody say seed in the ground. You better make sure it's good seed because eventually it's going to come up and you're going to reap. How many of you told a lie five years ago and it caught up with you? You know, like way, way down the road when you forgot all about it. I I know none of you do stuff like that, but you know, some little small thing, you say, how did that come up? It, because whatever you sow, I promise you, okay, that the enemy has put it on, his, in his, written it down in the book, and he's going to get you with it. He's going to use it against you somewhere. Ask Harvey Weinstein, okay? Ask, me, you know, ask these guys that all of a sudden, you know, well, well when did they, uh, he uh, grope you, or when did he do whatever? Oh, it was like, 2001. It was 1899. Okay, it was, and I'm like, you're it's 20 years later. But the point is, the point that I'm making, and I'm not saying anybody is right, and I'm not saying anybody's wrong. All I'm saying, be careful the seed that you plant. Be careful what you do, because God said it's going to spring up. Okay, it's going to come up. That's seven. So here's, here's the precursor to six and nine. Verse seven says, do not be deceived. God is not mad. Whatever man sows, that will be reaped. Then in verse eight, it says, whoever sows to the flesh, the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to the spirit, from the spirit, he will reap eternal life. Okay? So he's telling us about sowing good seed, sowing good seed, doing the right thing because All of the things that you are doing with your life is all about seed in the ground. It's all about seed in the ground, spending time with your children, seed in the ground, okay, spending, talking to your children, being there for him, them at their little league games, at their graduations, okay, Uh, sacrificing what you need so that they can have what they need. Guess what it is? It's seed in the ground. You are planting seed for the future. You are not only going to, they're not going to only bless you as you keep living, but guess what? You are teaching them how to be a blessing to their family. Because whatever you do in your house, whatever you plant in your house with your children, that's what the next generation is going to look like. If you're a fusser and a fighter and all that kind of stuff, guess what's going to happen in the next generation? Fussing and fighting. Okay? So be sure that you plant good seed. Good seed. All right? Now, it it says this. Now, it says about planting. here's, Here's the thing. When you put seed in the ground, oh, my goodness. Oh, this I, this is just bringing back memories. When you put seed in the ground, it says, do not get tired or frustrated if you don't see fruit immediately.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, now I have a daughter and my daughter is now a retired high school principal. She has raised three children, um, all three of them, well, two and a half have graduated from college already. Half is the youngest boy, okay? Which we're on his case, okay, to get finished. But the the oldest, they both graduated. One got her master's. You know, they're homeowners. They are Christians. They love the Lord. But if I ever told them what their mother was like when she was a teenager, okay, they would not believe me. I don't believe who she is now, okay? But when I tell you that, we went through some seasons where I wondered, is this girl going to survive? Is she really saved? Is she ever going to come out of this craziness? But I had put good seed in the ground with her. No matter what she did, no matter how crazy she acted, I kept believing God's promise that if I plant good seed in the ground, eventually I'm going to reap. And sure enough, just as God promised, because I didn't give up on her, because I didn't stop believing God, eventually she married a wonderful man. I like him better than I like her. But, you know, and they had three beautiful children and grandchildren. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But it was a long journey. And believe me, I wanted to give up on her many times. Many times. A lot of you, you have wanted to give up on your marriage many times. And all of a sudden, you said, this is never going to work out. And some of you who have been married a long time can tell you, look, if you just hang in there, I promise you, it will get better, okay? And if it doesn't, you'll learn to live with it. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> this just a side note. But, but uh, this is what it says in, uh, um, in Matthew, uh, Matthew 4.26, It says this about seed. It says, a man scatters seed on the ground. Let me go, let me, I'm sorry, Mark 4.26. Look at this with me. I'll find it, Mark 4.26.
0: I should have checked this off. I have it here.
1: 4.26. It says, he also, Mark 4.26, It says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, although he does not know how, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, He puts a sickle to it, because this harvest has come. It says a man puts seed in the ground, but after he puts the seed in the ground, he doesn't know what's happening, because the ground takes over. And what we want to do is put seed in the ground and then dig it up to see how it's doing okay and that's what we have to do let me tell you something that i'm learning and i'm i mean i should have known this all along but somehow it's just beginning to sink in that once you plant something once you just give it to god and plant it and leave it there don't go digging it up what am i saying in a practical sense i'm learning that words are not as powerful as prayers Y'all may have missed that. I had, a, I had a pastor tell me, he says, uh, I'm just from Philadelphia, he was telling me just last week. He says, I'm going to have a talk with my son because my son needs to come and join the ministry. And I just waited long enough so when I get back, I'm going to have a long, and he was telling me all the things I was going to do. I said, don't do it. You are wasting your words. Right. I said, but what I want you to do is go home, determine that you are gonna pray and not speak. Pray, don't speak, pray. And I want you to pray until you know. See there's, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there's a place in prayer. And I experienced this just recently when I was in Philadelphia visiting some of my relatives that are just kind of like borderline saved. You know what I'm saying? They go to church, but I don't know where they really are, but I was in my aunt's house, and I was praying for them. I was praying that they would stop just being religious and just really have a relationship with the Lord so that things could change in their lives. And I just started praying, and I'm going to tell you something. I went to a place in prayer that when I finished praying, I knew that it was done. I don't know if you've ever been to that place where you get that final word from God, right. and if and when, because when God gives that final look, I got this, yeah. I got this. Yeah. Don't say anything else. I've got this. Right. And you know what? When I saw my sister, I wanted to say, you know what? That guy "Shh, shh, shh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop talking." and start praying I'm finally learning that when you put a seed out there don't try to dig it up with a lot of conversation and well maybe if I do this and maybe if I go there and maybe I don't do that the bible says when you put the seed in the ground the dirt takes over yeah. Something is going on underneath that you can't see. You think that your words are in vain. You think that they don't hear you. Do you think they're not watching you? They think that you don't. They think you don't see you. And you know what? And, and it's like the the people around you they may be getting more rebellious. You say, "Honey, you need to stop drinking." And they start drinking more. And you say, "You know what? This is not working. Forget it." But what the Bible is saying in Mark 4 is that something is happening under the ground where you can't see it because God has made a promise. Romans 4 and 20 says, Abraham did not Waver in unbelief concerning the promises of God, that Abraham says he was fully persuaded that what God promised, he was able to perform, and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. You think righteousness is you going around, you don't smoke, you don't chew, and you don't fool with folks who do? And and people say, oh, I'm just so right. You're not righteous. The Bible says in Romans 4.20 that righteousness is believing God. Stop talking. Start praying. You need to say that to somebody right now. Stop talking. Start praying. And pray until you get that click on the inside. That knowing on the inside, that God, you got this. And I'm going to tell you how you know that you know when you pray through. When the peace of God that passes all understanding begins to keep your heart and mind and your eyes are no longer looking at what you're seeing, your eyes are not looking at what the doctor is saying, what the report, what the outcome is supposed to be, when all of that. But God says, woof. And the peace of God just comes in. I don't know how I'm going to pay my tuition. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know. The peace of God comes in. He says, I got you. I was telling Charles, I said, you know, I was just remembering when you had, when you got your, your car got hit and the car was so, so old that the insurance wasn't even worth the repairs. Okay, but we didn't have any money to get another car, you know, so here we driving down the street, you know, with a big old fender missing, and I'm scooched down in the seat. I don't want anybody. My neighbors will see me in this horrible car, you know, this tragedy you know what? You know? <laughs> and, and now, okay, now I'm just making a point now. I'm not trying to impress anybody, but now he has a Lexus and I have a Lexus, okay? But I'm not that's that's not it's not about cars. That's not the point that I'm making the point that I'm making. He said that our latter would be greater than our former because you're not supposed to get older and do better. The older you get, the less you're supposed to have, right? I mean, you know, you can't work like you used to work. You know what I'm saying? Now you're living on social security, your savings, or what your kids give you, or whatever, 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 whatever. But it looks like the older we get, the, the more we're starting to reap. The more God is doing for us financially. I don't know how it's happening. I can't explain it. I know the five years past, Pastor Chuck, you know this. Charles was on a walker. Do you remember that? He couldn't even walk into the sanctuary. He was bent over. Now he's working five days a week. You understand what I mean? On the weekend, no walker. He's dancing with his girl. You know what I'm saying? Amen, God. Be the glory. Something goes on under the ground, yes. even when you can't see it, even when things seem to be at their worst, even when there's lack in your life. God says, that's okay. I just don't want you to waver in unbelief right, right, right. concerning my promises. He says, I promised you that you will reap if you do not faint.
0: Yeah.
1: Amen. Hebrews. Amen. Hebrews. Amen. Go with me to Hebrews. Everybody okay? Yeah, I'm going to give you one more. Hebrews. Rabba satahim. Glory. Hallelujah. Hebrews. Uh, where'd you go, Hebrews. Hebrews, I I know what it is anyway, but anyway, 1039, 1039, okay, Hebrews 1039, and I'm fumbling around like a kid, I don't know what I'm doing here, Hebrews 10, I know what I did, I did not fold my pages, I usually just fold my pages, Hebrews in the New Testament, 10, and I want you to look at thirty. 30, yeah, 35, yes. Okay, you there with me? Hebrews 10, 35. Hebrews 10, 35 says this. So do not throw away your confidence. It will richly reward you. For you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. It says, don't get weary of well-doing. It says, and don't throw away your confidence in God. It says, because you have need of perseverance. There's another word in here for some of you. It says, you have need of endurance. Yeah. So that after you've done the will of God, yeah. you might receive what he promised you. Yeah. It says, listen, don't, it says, don't throw away your confidence. Here, where is it? 10, yeah. It says, don't throw away. Do you see that throw away your confidence? You see that part? Sometimes when you're trying to start a business or you're trying to make a relationship work or you're trying to to, to get healthy, whatever you're trying to do, the enemy is always there. You're trying to finish school. Whatever you're trying to do, do, whatever you're trying to do, he's always there. It's like a football that you're carrying across a line. And you're trying to get to the What's that thing down there? Yeah, the touchdown, the, the end zone. Okay, that's what you're going. It says you're carrying this ball, and you need this touchdown because you want to win. But you've got all these enemies who have are determined not to let you win because they know that if you make a touchdown, God is going to be glorified. Okay. You're gonna get in the end zone and go, what did Tim, Tim Tebow did? You know. He doesn't want you in the end zone. But the word of God says, look, I know you're carrying the ball, and I know a lot of big giants are coming at you, and if they hit you, they might break your bones. It says, and what you want to do is say, I'm just gonna get rid of this ball, okay? Because hey, I don't want to take another hit. And a lot of us have been hit so hard, we don't want any more hits. So it's easier to throw the ball away. Let somebody else run for the touchdown. I'm, not, I'm giving up. God says, don't do it. It says, don't give up. Don't throw away your confidence because you have need of perseverance of endu- and endurance. What does that mean? It means that if you don't go through something, you're going to be weak. All your life. You'll never have any mental stamina. You'll never have any emotional discipline. You'll never become a fighter and you teach your children to become weak because you give up on everything. They need to see you pushing through. They need to see you strong. But how do you get strong if you don't have a fight? If you don't have a battle? If there's not pressure on you? It says you have need of endurance. That, on some translations say endurance. I like endurance better than perseverance because I like the definition of endurance. You know what endurance means? You might want to write this down. You might need it on Monday morning. Yeah. Endurance means to suffer but never surrender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what we need to learn. We are, as Americans, we are so soft. We see people around the world, you know, and they're trying to come over here on boats. They've got rubber rafters, you know what I mean? They're coming through deserts, they're coming through mountains, trying to get to a better life, and they're working next to you. Who do you think's gonna work the hardest? The one who has built the most endurance. The one who has learned to persevere no matter how things go. And you don't want anybody stronger than you. Do You understand what I'm saying? Taking what God has to you because they've learned how to persevere. You need to learn. I mean, I was in the gym and I was doing my little on the treadmill and I'm doing maybe 2.5. Okay. And I push it up to three to get up to the hill a little bit. And it's, Lady gets next to me. And I look, she's about my age, you know. She's up there a bit, you know. She's got, and she gets on the treadmill. <laughs> so I'm, well, I'm then this guy gets on next, to me and he's. Going, <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> so guess what I had to do? <clears throat> I'm like, oh God, help me! Don't let me faint because I had to either get off the treadmill or keep up the pace. That's how I felt, because they were pushing me yeah. to do more, to be better. Do you understand what I'm saying? It says you, have, you need that. You need those trials. You think you want your life to be the peachy cream? Do I want to uh, be connected to somebody in business or be in a relationship with, with someone who never got hurt, who never cried? never had a struggle, never been broke, never seen nothing. You know, they're just floating through life. So what happens when the trouble comes? What do they do? Call a lawyer? You know what I'm saying? Go to the pastor and take up all his day and night and weekends because they can't figure it out? I'm telling you, let's talk. Get that part. More prayer. And pray until the peace of God kicks in, till so you know that you know that you know. That's what's building your endurance. He doesn't, you know, you know what? We we need physical endurance. That's good. God, God needs us to be able to work. But so many of us who are strong on the outside, we're weak on the inside. We're spiritually weak. As soon as something happens, it's like, oh, oh,
0: oh.
1: It <laughs> just follows. But we are believers, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Word of God, we have fellowship within the body of Christ. Shouldn't we be stronger than people in the world who don't know what to believe, who fall apart and their answer is to go shoot the person who shot at you? Our children who get so frustrated in school that they go find a gun and come to school and kill everybody because they have no hope, because they have no endurance, because they don't know how to deal with life. Our kids have to see us endure. Our kids have to see us stay strong. Our kids have to stay, see us stay united. I'm never going to get in front of my husband and we're around our kids. and Well, he said this, but don't pay him no mind, okay? No. I said that. Oh, no, that's not going to happen, no, that's okay? Not happen. You know. They have, and they have tried it. They have called him privately. Mm-hmm. Well, Dad... I know that you understand, okay? He doesn't, He says, you know what? One of them called, you know, and they tried to pull this one. I said, yeah, they called me too and tried to pull it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, we've got to stay united. We've got to stay on one accord. I'm closing up. So our message is about seed in the ground, about doing the kind of things with our life that is going to produce good fruit. How many of you have ever heard of someone called Johnny Appleseed? Anybody ever heard of Johnny Appleseed? Well, in case you have, in case you said he was an actual person. His name was John Chapman, and I'm closing. His name was John Chapman, and he was a tree farmer from Massachusetts. He was born in Massachusetts in the 1800s. But he moved to Pennsylvania, and he went to work for a tree farmer that grew apple trees. And actually, I couldn't believe this, Charles, that um, Disney did a movie years ago about Johnny Appleseed. And Disney talked about the fact that an angel came to him and told him to go out and plant apple trees. That's what Disney says. But in the actual Smithsonian history of Johnny Appleseed, he said he was an evangelist and he said that god told him to go west because the settlers were moving west during that time this was when i'm sorry i said 1800 or 1700s. the settlers were moving west settling land and he said go with him and plant apple trees well he argued with god he argued with the angel that was talking to him and he said you know who who needs trees why would i go plant trees he says just go go spread the gospel plant trees, and so he did. He took a bag of apple seeds, and he began in Pennsylvania, and he went to Ohio, and he went all the way across to Indiana and all the places along the way, Kentucky, Tennessee, planting trees. And he would stay there for two years until the trees began to sprout. Then he would build a fence around them so the animals wouldn't crush the new trees, and then he'd go on to a new place, not knowing why God was having him plant apple trees. Why was it so important for him to plant apple trees? But he was bang and then he would tell people, you know, about the Lord along the way, and he would plant these trees, and he, they gave him the nickname Johnny Appleseed, because people knew that he was there when they began to see the apple trees blooming. They said, oh, Johnny Appleseed came this way, because trees don't just grow out west, you know what I'm saying, like that. Well, Johnny Appleseed continued to plant trees most of his life. But as an aging man, that's what I'm talking about, harvest, planting and harvest. As an aging man, they passed a law in Ohio. And the law said that whoever planted 10 trees on a piece of land, the land belonged to them. So as it turned out, he owned land all the way from Pennsylvania to Indiana. And he became a very wealthy man. See, a lot of times we plant things and we don't understand what God is going to do in the latter days with the things that we planted in our former days. You see? So a lot of times you say, well, I didn't get paid for this. And nobody compensated it. You're planting seed. Because down the road, somewhere along the line where you need a blessing, when you need a miracle in your life, God is going to begin to look around and say, oh, it's harvest time for you. Oh, it's harvest time for you. You planted, now you're going to reap. Don't be afraid to give. Don't be afraid when you lend people money and they don't pay you back. God says, I'll repay. I will repay, saith the Lord. I've got you. There's nothing that you can do out of the goodness of your heart that I don't see, that I don't make a record of, and that I'm going to reward you. He'll reward you with health. When people, I'm telling you, my husband had cancer. He had. He didn't have it anymore. He had. was on a walker. He's not on it anymore because... He planted so much seed along the way that when he got sick, God said, you know what? I don't need Charles sick, okay? I need him well because I'm using him to my glory. And that's why I know Pastor Chuck is going to be healed. You know what? Because his work isn't done because he's got seed in the ground. He's got seed in the ground, and God is going to reward him. God is going to bless him because if he had been up to the enemy, he would have been gone a long time ago. I'm, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that if you keep on serving God, God will give you your health back. God will give you your strength back. God will bring peace to your house. You say, well, I don't have no peace in my house. Wait on the Lord. They who wait on the Lord. Because at the appointed time, at the anointed time, he says, you will reap if you don't faint. I'm done. Which
0: one?
1: Hebrews, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to endure so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one, my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. What kind of seed can you plant? The first seed you need to plant is the seed of the tithe. You need to make sure that you're giving, that you're tithing. If you don't have no money to tithe, tithe of your time. Tithe of your gift. Be here to help. See, I want you to plant this, uh, 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 the seed of prayer. Oh, man, there's a reward if you pray. Amen. There's a seed of preparation. Don't think that God is going to miraculously turn you into somebody wonderful. Plant the seed of education, of training, of reading and preparing and getting ready. Go to those seminars. Those are seeds that are going to come up. And then finally, take care of the poor. And those who are in need, there is no greater seed except for the tithe that will reap a blessing. I want to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we come to you this morning. God, I pray right now that your people would plant seed, more seed in their lives, in the lives of their mates, in the lives of their children, in the lives of your church, Father, in their spiritual life, God, that they would begin to put seed in the ground, seeds of prayer, Father, seeds of giving, Father. And then, Lord, they wouldn't wouldn't try to interfere with what you're doing. I pray that you would just give them that blessed assurance, God, that faith, Father, right now. That what they planted that good seed that they planted that they're going to reap that their latter will be greater than their former yeah, father yeah, that you're going to be with them that you're going to bring restoration wholeness father I thank you Lord that you would teach them God how to pray deeply how to pray your word father how to go deep in until they find that place that says peace be still I thank you, God. I thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord, that healing is in this house, Father. Lord, because the seed of your word has been planted over and over again, Father. And I pray, Lord, that this day would be harvest day for someone in this body, Lord. That this would be reaping day. That they would not be tired and not be frustrated, but that you would keep their hope, God, alive and strong, Father. Lord, you're just reminding me right now of those lilies that I planted in my yard. And I said, Lord, are they ever going to bloom? Are they ever going to bloom? And then, Lord, I remember how I went away just for one week. When I came back, woof, they had come out of the ground. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that our harvest is coming. And, Lord, I pray for all of those. I pray right now, Lord, for those who are frustrated and their hearts are heavy because they don't see any change. They don't see any hope. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand right now and say, you know what? I need my hope renewed. I need to be restored. I need something to help me hold on. I know I'm trusting in the Lord and I believe, Lord, that as I hold on, that as I learn endurance through what I'm going through, that you are going to bless me indeed. That I will be rewarded, Father. That I will be helped. That my needs will be met, Father. That change will come. Father, I just thank you for it. He sees your hand in heaven right now. He sees your hand in heaven right now. You have a need. And God says, I see you. 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 And I see you. And I see you. I see every hand. I see every hand. And God is saying, your seed is in the ground. Just stand back and let me do the work. Because your harvest is coming and your latter is going to be greater than your former. In Jesus' name. Is there anybody here? You have never received Jesus Christ as Lord, as, and Savior. Because that's the soil. That's the soil. Anybody says, you know what? I need, I've been in church or I've been around, you know, religious settings and whatnot, but I can't point to the day and the time and the place where I said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want you to be Lord of my life. If you can't point to that time and that place, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, I'm not sure. I know I've been in church, but I don't know whether Jesus is Lord of my life. That's you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me, brother. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, help me. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. And show me where to go. I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. And I thank you right now that on this day, this, what day is this, 24, 25? On 26th day of May, 2019, you came into my heart. You planted the seed of salvation in me, and I am forever changed. And now I wait for the harvest in my life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.